What's up, everybody? It's Thursday, April 2nd, 2020, and this is episode 34 from the Anything Goes podcast. Just think about that for a second. Not that we're at episode 34, which is a big thing, but we're a quarter of a way through 2020, and this year has been hell. Started out losing Kobe Bryant, somebody that I think we all felt will live forever. And now we're in the middle of a pandemic that is probably going to get worse before it gets better. You know, my prayers and my thoughts go out to everybody that's listening, all my supporters. You know, shout out to the new supporters as well. But my my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone in their entire family, their friends, their neighbor, neighborhoods, you know, your community as a whole. I want everybody to be okay. You know, I hope everybody's having a good, productive week. I hope that you're finding the help that you need if you're without a job right now. I hope you're able to get financial assistance. You know, there, there are people out here that's lo- that's going to lose jobs, homes, automobiles, just the essential things that we need to be productive on a day-to-day basis and to live without going crazy. People will be without that. So I want everybody listening to keep that in mind and show show some compassion and show love for your fellow brothers and sisters because we all need it. Right now, no one has the, the answers to any of the questions. There are more questions than they are answers. So let's keep that in mind, be mindful and respect each other and just do our best with what we have. Uh, last week here in Winston-Salem, last Friday here in Winston-Salem, they started us on this lockdown for 24 hours. Well, let, let me let me fix that. They're telling and advising people to stay home unless you have to go out. You can go to the grocery stores, you know, laundromat, the pharmacy, if you have to work. And, you know, they, they gave you a form that lets let's police officers, sheriffs, highway patrolmen know that you are an essential employee. You have to work. You have to be there. Um, but this started on, on Friday. This is a week later. I think people are taking it more serious now, although today I heard that people were out and about in the streets doing their running around. <clears throat> and I said it's been a week. It's been six days. I'm already looking forward to tomorrow because I won't have to clock in. But um, I think people are taking it more serious. I think, you know, we're moving in the right direction with with trying to figure out how to contain this virus. But we have a long road ahead of us, folks. And I don't want people to get this false sense of comfort. People are getting sick. People are dying. And, you know, it's not a, it's not a good look. You know, it's it's just not, you know, we're, we're trying to be positive and, and be normal or as normal as we can be. And that's hard. That's tough. So everyone listening to me, 
you know, be blessed, stay safe, be mindful, and just use common sense. You know, I had to start with that, but we're not going to lead into our topics with that at all. Last night, we were blessed with something from the culture. Two super producers, I'm calling them both super producers, they went at it, catalog for catalog, on Instagram Live, Scott Storch versus Manny Fresh. Now, Manny Fresh, excuse me. Now, when I first seen that this battle was going down a few days ago, I tell you, I said, Scott Storch got it. I was like, he he has it. I mean, just the songs he's done for Fat Joe alone, you know, what he's done for Jay. I'm sitting back, I'm like, man, I don't really see Manny being able to, to do anything with that. And I was wrong. Because I didn't think to myself that, you know, this is Manny Fresh. This, this is cash money. This is Mr. Bling Bling himself. You know what I'm saying? So they put on a treat for us, man. When I went to the live, it had over 160,000 people watching, man. That's a, that's a good look, you know, for our culture, for people that's looking for something to keep them occupied and entertained. These two put on a hell of a show last night. I mean, there were no losers. No one took a loss. Uh, no one one, if I had to give the edge to somebody with how I was feeling last night, I would have gave it to Scott Storch just because of the hits that he had. But I'm from the South. I rock with Manny's catalog more because this was the soundtrack to a lot of our lives. If you were from the South, Manny Fresh killed him last night. But... You know, the country is bigger than the southern region. And I mean, I know a, a lot of our music hit these other markets, but it's a mainstay down here. You know, everybody else isn't going to rock with our music the way that we do. So in the South, he won. You know, he, he edged them out. He killed them. You know, if, if we're going about, you know, doing wins and losses, which we're not. But if I if I had to take a, a, a leap of faith on what... The Southerners thought the people in my region, Manny killed that. For the rest of the country, though, it was Scott Storch. So, you know, what we're going to say, we just were thoroughly entertained. I mean, Manny dropped Go DJ, Han by Juvenile, Project Chick, Hot Girl. I can recite Hot Girl from beginning to end. Um, Bling, bling. Back that ass up, 400 degrees, the block is hot, get your roll on, still fly. Like, that catalog is ridiculous. Not to mention the music he's done with T.I., with Jeezy, you know, Manny is that guy. But so is Scott Storch. Scott Storch hit us with Make It Rain, You Got Me from Erica Badu and The Roots, Laying Back by Fat Joe, Me, Myself, and I by Beyonce, Little Bit by 50, Still Dre, and that's what ended the set. Back That Ass Up and Still Dre. Two of the most iconic songs 
in hip-hop history went head-to-head. And I mean, Scott Storch had a drop-the-mic moment. You know, I'm not going to lie. You know, when you when you hear that interlude, when you hear that that piano at the beginning of that song, you think training day. Like, you, you like, damn. It's training day all over again. Denzel, you know, uh, what's the dude named Ethan Hawke? We, we right back there at it, you know? And you can see in Manny's face, like, damn, he just hit me with, with a haymaker. Because Manny hit him with one. Manny said, look, I'm, I'm about to drop a Negro spiritual, which he did with back that ass up. You know, when you hear that, the ladies going crazy, they running to the dance floor. It is what it is. They getting it popping. So the way they ended was great, man. You know, it was, to me, the battle of your taste in music. I'm from the South. I was, you know, definitely in the club all the time, coming through the ranks. I love crunk music. I love music with with a deep bass. I love music that's going to make you uh, dance and make you fight. Seriously. So I was rocking with Manny until Scott Storch. Drop Steel Dre. I mean, Storch was hitting them with the Billboard hit. Billboard hits after Billboard hit. I mean, what what are we supposed to do with that? You know, you can't shit on him. You can't shit on shit on either one of them. It's just your preference in music. So we had a good one, man. Uh, I think on Saturday we're gonna get Lil John versus T T Pain on Instagram Live. That's going to be one for the ages. I'm a child of the crunk era. Real spill. That's when we were outside. Heavy as hell. The crunk era. Crunk music. So when Lil John, if if anybody can at him or let him know, Lil John, man, in the middle of your set, drop that damn Bo Hagen. You know, get crunk. Drop that. That's my shit. Take me back to the night, you know, walked in the poncho. It's like 15 of us, and that song started playing. That shit was on the popping, man. So, you know, definitely, man, y'all be on the lookout for these uh, producers going, you know, battling each other, these DJs. Man, they've been having hella DJ parties on uh, Facebook. I've been enjoying myself. Felt like I've been in the club, you know, especially last Friday and Saturday. I was thoroughly enjoyed, um, thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed myself. And last night I did as well. So, you know, be on the lookout. We got all this doom and gloom around us, man. Uh, the entertainers are definitely doing their job. And they ain't getting paid for this shit, you know, but they're entertaining us. It's for the culture. It's for the people. So... Moving right along with for the culture and for the people, we have to talk a little bit about sports for real. So I don't listen to many podcasts. It's, it's a few that I listen to, but I try not. Oh, excuse me, y'all. It's the wine. I'm going to keep it real. It's, it's the wine. Got to take the edge off. Life is stressful right now. Not my personal life. This corona shit is stressful. But I try not to duplicate what anybody else is doing. So it's a few that I listen to and a, f- a few that I watch. 
I watch and listen to, well, I, I watch all the smoke with uh, Matt Barnes and Steven Jackson. And they had Shannon Sharp on there. I love Shannon Sharp. I, I call him Unc. I feel like that this dude is the prototypical black male that you love to listen to. You love his stories. He's not a character of himself. You know, he is who he is. He knows how to turn when to turn it on and when to turn it off. But this interview, which was over two hours, I watched every minute of it and I advise you to do the same. This dude taught us so much in two hours that I'm recommending you watch this with your children. Watch this with your significant other because he puts a lot into perspective. And this is coming from an athlete, a Hall of Famer. He dropped so many jewels and gems growing up in, in Georgia, in the, in the South. Um, you know, being raised by your grandparents, losing his grandfather, the work ethic that he put in. He said, I knew I had the the God's given gift to get to where I, I wanted to be. You know, I didn't take school serious. But when I got to college, you know, I was in remedial classes. I worked my way out of those to being drafted, thinking he wasn't going to make it. Meeting John Elway, getting comfortable, learning the plays, switching positions. This dude, he put it all out there for us. I was thoroughly entertained. Of course, it's going to be funny, but he dropped life, life's lessons on us. He really did. Saying, you know, I'm in a relationship, or before I get in a relationship, I'm letting the young lady know, like, hey, you're going to come second to football saying that he doesn't regret the time he missed with his kids because he just wanted to provide. He wanted to give them what he didn't have. And he just wanted to be great. No regrets. I love that because that's how we should live our lives. So when you get a chance, go to YouTube, type in all the smoke, Shannon Sharp. You won't regret it. I learned so much from that man in those two plus hours that I will definitely take that with me wherever I'm going. Wherever the road leads, I'm going to take those jewels he dropped with me. So keep that in the back of your mind. Make sure you don't have nothing but time. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So go ahead and check that out. And speaking of time, we're going to venture off a little bit. While y'all are chilling and you're at home and you're bored, man, reconnect with yourself. Have some me time. Nothing wrong with it. A lot of people antsy. They want to get back outside. They want to go, you know, hang out here and there everywhere. This shutdown is time for you to recharge, relearn yourself. Maybe you've been going so hard and, and ripping and running, you know, for so long that you lost touch with reality. This shit can happen to the best of us. So take this time to sit down, enjoy your family, your kids, 
your spouse. You know, maybe you and your spouse been it's been rocky the last couple weeks, couple months, couple days, couple years. Right now, y'all in the house together. Work on it. Communicate. Talk. Figure it out. Figure out what that what your spouse is interested in, what they like, what they don't like. What can you do to make your relationship better? Figure out who you are, what you can and cannot deal with, what you like and don't like. This is the time. Ain't no excuse. Take this me time out. For real. Do that for yourself. And while you're doing that, if you're looking at yourself in the mirror or, you, you know, you're just feeling sluggish, you feel like, man, I need to be more active. I need to lose some of this weight. Man, y'all go holler at my brother, Reginald Glenn, on Facebook, RG Fitness 34 on Instagram. Tell him that I sent you. Tell him his brother Streets sent you his way so he could get you right. He's going to feed your mind, your body. He's going to feed your spirit. My brother's a motivator. You know, he, he could talk that talk. He going to put you to work. You're going to feel the burn, and you're going to keep going back to him because it's going to be money well spent. Now, if you go to him and say, hey, man, your brother Streets sent me to you, he might give you something off on that. I doubt it, but it's worth a try. So holla at my brother, Reginald Glenn, RG Fitness 34 on Instagram. Um, he has two, he's partnering up two gyms, one in, um, in Winston-Salem on Patterson Avenue. The other one is in Jamestown, Trifecta Fitness, RG Fitness. Go get your workout on. So moving right along, we have to talk about what Melo said about being drafted. (laughs) So... That 03 class is maybe the greatest class to ever come out into the NBA draft. If you remember, it was LeBron followed by Darko Milicic, followed by Melo, uh, D-Wade, Chris Bosh. I think that's how it went. Correct me if I'm wrong. You know, don't cuss me out. I'm getting older. Memory ain't that good. Plus, I smoke. So... Don't cuss me out. But Melo was taken third. Darko Milicic was taken second. Melo said, look, if I was drafted by Detroit, then I would have had, had me a couple rings. I'd have had two or three. I believe him. Because I thought Melo was the best player in that class, honestly. He had a year under his belt at Syracuse. Um, he was a that that dude was built like an ox, like he was big. You know what I'm saying? It was a big body. You put him on the team with She, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, Tayshawn Prince, Ben Wallace. Oh yeah, he getting him one. And then they ended up bringing Larry Brown over there, coaching them boys. Yeah, he he would have got him about two or three, maybe maybe more than that. Because if you remember, the Pistons won it in 04. They beat L.A. They went back in 05. They lost to San Antonio. I think it went uh, seven games. 
they lost. And then they stayed in the Eastern Conference Finals. Team was hell. I don't know how it would have worked as far as position-wise because Melo was a three and uh, Tayshaun Prince is a three as well. So you, you might have had a smaller lineup because if you remember back then, they were still playing by, by position. So it was still traditional. Uh, we had the stretch fours, you know, KG, Dirk, you know what I'm saying? You, then you had the tra- traditional fours as far as Tim Duncan. C. Webb was kind of a stretch four. So you might have had that disadvantage. But that's a whole lot of damn firepower, for real. I could have seen that starting lineup being Big Ben, She, Melo, Rip, Chauncey, Tayshaun coming off the bench. Real talk. Some nights probably could have ended the game with a smaller lineup, taking Ben Wallace off the floor, Tayshaun, Melo, She locking it down. Got three, three snipers. Four, really, when you think about Chauncey. Chauncey can pull it, too. Rip was more of a mid-range player. Melo was as well, but Melo would have been pulling that bitch. You know he would have. So I agree with him. I really do. You know, I don't know what Detroit was thinking when they took Darko, but they messed their franchise up. I mean, they won through um, trades, basically. That's how they, they got that team together. Trades. They didn't draft well at all. They really haven't drafted well, period. You know, but imagine them with Melo. Imagine how the story of the NBA changes tremendously. Imagine Melo and Braun in the Eastern Conference Finals. Detroit versus Cleveland. You giving something up when you put Tayshawn on the bench. Don't get me wrong, because y'all remember 16 years ago, 2004 Eastern Conference Finals, game two, chase down block on Reggie Miller. Get that out of here. Get that shit out of here, nigga. That was Tayshawn. Might not have been on the floor if Melo there. You know, we never know, but it's good to have them conversations. Melo is an all-time great, man. Can't uh, disrespect him or shit on what he did, his legacy. He's intact. He was a beast in college. One of the greatest college players I've ever seen. Led his team to the uh, national title. So, definitely, you know, wish he would have got him a chip. But, individually, man, he, he solidified. He liked that. So, somebody, you know, that got uh, NBA Live 0304. Maybe y'all can trade him to the Pistons, simulate it, or play it through, see how that would have turned out for him. So we had the battle of number threes, Dwayne Wade versus Allen Iverson. Who is the best number three? Y'all know I'm rocking with my boy AI, and I love Flash. I love D-Wade. I thought D-Wade, you know, once the season had started that rookie year, you know, he hit a a game-winning shot in the playoffs against the Hornets. Yeah, against the Hornets. D-Wade is nasty. Finals MVP. The best player in the league that year in 06 when they won the, won the title. His body started breaking down early. So 
we got peak D Wade for maybe three, four seasons, if that. You know, the other the rest of his career, he was he was pretty much, you know, banged up and beat up. But Allen Iverson was a different beast. Allen Iverson was someone that we hadn't seen. You know, I'm I'm not old enough to remember what Isaiah Thomas did. You know, I can go back and look. I lived what Allen Iverson did. I lived what D. Wade did. What I seen AI do with taking that Philly team, first of all, getting them to the playoffs was one thing. But to go to the finals and be the only team to beat the Lakers in the entire that entire playoff run, you beat them game one in L.A. Oh, yeah. He the man. It's the greatest small guard I've ever seen. Better than Isaiah, in my opinion. Because I'm not one of these people who think championships define a person. Because we judge you by individual awards anyway. And then to make your point valid. And this is what happened when people talk about Kobe and Mike being better than LeBron. They always go to championships. You didn't win that championship by yourself. But you got that MVP alone. You got that scoring title alone, especially if you're a primary ball handler. So um, what he was able to do on the court, man, you don't, you know, it, it was literally fall down seven times, stand up eight. That's how it was with him playing hurt. I remember, I think it was the Milwaukee series and on that finals run, and they asked him if he was tired or fatigued. He said, fatigued is army colors. I remember that shit like it was yesterday. So a man that's pretty much the only offensive weapon that you have on the team. Now, the team was straight dogs, uh, straight defenders. But you're the only one that can score at a consistent basis. The man is an all-time Great. To me, AI's top 10. Seriously. So the battle of number threes, yes, he edges Dwayne Wade. D-Wade has the rings. He has one by himself, two with LeBron and Bosh. Back to back. I get that. But AI, he mowed down Toronto. He mowed down Milwaukee. And he got one over L.A. So, salute to A.I. for getting his love while he's here. He's one of the most genuine people, athletes that I see. You know, he always showed Kobe love while he was living. He didn't wait till he passed. He always showed Mamba love. So, you know, kudos to A.I. for getting that, you know, that accolade. And that was pretty much, uh, you know, something that the fans and media members and his peers did. And, and so I appreciate it. I love that. I really do. Let me take a sip of my wine. And while I do that, y'all should hit up my girl B Fancy Cocktails on Facebook. B-F-A-N-C-I. For mobile bartending and specialty cocktails. She will pull up on you. She might 
Hit you in the DM one day and say, hey, I want you to taste test one of my drinks. But hit her up. Summertime coming. You know, hopefully we off this quarantine. Even if we're not, man, and y'all need some special specialty drinks and your bartender skills ain't up to par, hit her up. Let her know what you want, you know, and she going to give you her prices. Let her know that street sent you. For real. But be fancy cocktails. B-F-A-N-C-I. On Facebook, holla at her. She'll get you right, I promise. In other news, I had the pleasure of becoming a Lil Wayne fan again this week. I never stopped being a Wayne fan. I'm, you know, critical of his music the last couple years, but... I'm always, you know, I've always been a Wayne fan. When T.I. came out and said he was the king of the South, this is when, this is right before mixtape, Wayne. I think he was doing the squad shit um, once I got to high school. Put out The Carter, which is, to me, a classic album. And I was like, nah, man, Lil Wayne the king of the South. Like, what are you talking about, man? That's a wheezy. Wayne the king of the South, man. What, what Tip talking about? This week, bruh came out and said, Lil Baby, his favorite artist right now. If you follow me on Facebook, you my friend on the book, or we talk, we we chit-chat, we, you know, politic. Lil Baby is my favorite rapper right now. This young crop of rappers, Lil Baby is that nigga to me. For real. He got it on lock. Him, it's, it's like the big three. I'm going to put it like this. It's Lil Baby, it's NBA Youngboy, and it's Kodak. For real. Like, to me, they have it on lock. And then I throw my boy Key Glock from Memphis, Tennessee. He's one of, he's he's Dolph's cousin and his artist. And Gunna. Gunna verse on Hot where Young Thug is a classic verse. So those are my five artists you know, of this era, and I'm not shitting on anybody else, but the five artists that I think about from this era are them, and then you can throw 21 Savage in there as well. But Wayne co-signing him is big, and he don't even need the co-sign, honestly. Like, let's just be real. Lil Baby been doing his thing pretty much by himself. He doesn't really get on tracks with the Migos. Real talk. His latest album, My Turn, go hard from beginning to the end. And he got Wayne on there. So Wayne already showing him respect. You feel me? By doing doing songs with dude. You feel me? So I definitely, you know, tip my hat to Wayne. I'ma talk about Lil Baby a little more though. So he uses auto-tune sometimes and sometimes he doesn't. He's the best at using auto-tune outside of any other rapper that I've heard use this instrument since 2007. He's the best because he doesn't yell with it. He doesn't strain his voice. His voice is already unique if you listen to him. You listen to him talk, you listen to him rap. His, His voice is unique. That's what caught me about him. I'm like, damn, you know, this this dude, he has that, like, lazy, lazy draw, 
but it's like energetic in the same sense. When he combines that with the auto-tune, he doesn't strain his voice. It sounds better. Everybody who's used that, they strain their voice. They they end up getting comfortable with it like Dirk. I like Dirk when he uses auto-tune sometimes. You know what I'm saying? But nobody has mastered that like Lil Baby. You know what I'm saying? And he doesn't mumble too much. You know, he still does sometimes, but he's more he's getting better just all around as an all-around artist like from the first song I heard from him up until now he's not lyrically on Wayne's level but he reminds me of Wayne because he steps out of that box that people try to put him in and I mean he has relatable music you feel me so that was definitely something to see when Wayne shouted him out I mean it, it, it hit hard you know Considering everything that's going on, that was a, a big deal to me. So, you know, Lil Wayne, he gets my love. Like, appreciate that, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he didn't need that cosign, but I've been kind of driving the wagon the last couple weeks. Like, yo, Lil Baby don't miss, and he don't. Dude is talented. He dope as hell. He hot. You know, he to me, he's the hottest thing out of Atlanta. I would love to see one day. Him and Gunner has already done a, a, a album together. I love it. I'm ready to see him, Thug, and Gunner do one. And y'all got to get 21 Savage on a couple tracks. Like, that right there, that's a, a dope-ass collective. For real. So, Thug, Gunner, Lil Baby, make an album. Put it out. The streets will love it. We'll eat that shit up for real. Definitely. So, we got to talk about the doom and gloom. Real spirit. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. No, no, no. We got to talk about Young Chop. If you know me, <laughs> you know my favorite genre of hip hop is, well, it was. Trap music, love trap music. T.I., Jeezy, Gucci, hey, enough said. T.I.'s, I'm serious, T and T.I.'s trap music. T.I.'s trap music started, to me, the, one of the most dominant runs in hip-hop with the trap era, real spill. Like, T.I. made that shit cool. Like, one of the first Southern rappers to talk that drug dealing shit the way he did on those beats. Man, love Tip. One of my all-time favorite albums is Trap Music. And then in 2011, 2012, I heard a different type of hip-hop from Chicago called Drill. And the voice of the Drill movement will forever be Chief Keef. It'll forever be Sosa. But the sound of drill will always be Young Chop. And Young Chop is tired of niggas. Real spill. Chop tired as hell. Young Chop on the internet saying, fuck everybody. Fuck you, you a bitch. You a bitch, you a bitch. You ain't about that life. None of that. I bet you won't do nothing to me. My niggas gonna ride and slide. People are saying, oh, he going crazy. He's lost so many people. 
you know, he lost his mom, all that. Okay, you know, that may be true. Uh, we don't know if this dude has mental health issues. Let me put something out there for y'all. Some people just get sick and tired of bullshit. And they stop holding their tongue for motherfuckers. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what's going on with Chop. All right, look, hold on. Now drill is everywhere. This is my sound. You know, nobody can duplicate him. Nobody can beat be him and sort surpass him. He feeling some type of way. And he calling people out. And I don't see nothing wrong with it. Now, I will say this. Be careful. Because it's not always the artist. It's the people around that will touch you. You know. So I don't want to see nothing happen to him. But man, he been going on the rampage. And he do the most disrespectful shit when he's going back and forth with somebody on the internet. When he on Instagram Live and he tired of your shit, he turn up some music. Drown your ass out. Drain you out. Real talk. So I've been, you know, laughing, man. I don't want nothing to happen to him, but I get it. You know, sometimes, you know, you just get pushed to that brink where you like, look, to hell with you, to hell with everybody. So (laughs) I've been laughing, man. You know, he is the sound of the drill movement. You got to give Chop that. You know, you got to salute Chief Keith, that whole... Um, GBE, OTF movement, 300 was definite. They they definitely put Chicago on the map for real. You talking about Young Chop doing the uh, production, Chief Keith, Lil Reese, R.P. Fredo Santana, Lil Dirk, my boy SD. Hey, they were a problem. Go back to some of that early music. They definitely increased the murder rate. That ain't nothing that I'm gloating about or proud of, but them dudes, they made a statement and they still here. They still they still making money. They still making moves. They can still tour off of that catalog from eight years ago. That lets you know how dope they are. You know, shout out to Young Chop, man, one of the, the best in the game still. He got his um own group of producers. Beat makers, you know, check them out for real, for real. So I saved the doom and gloom for last because I ain't want us to start off like that. And I really don't want us to end like that, but um, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about the coronavirus because it's here and it's not going nowhere. It don't look like it's going anywhere anytime soon, which is disturbing. As I look at my phone and it says, do not disturb. So that's why I use that. Um... Man, and shout out to my man Nipsey Hussle. You know, it's been a year. It was a year the other day. You know, R.I.P. to him. I looked at my phone and he's like my my wallpaper. He's my screensaver. Uh, Dude definitely dropped a lot of jewels and put me on a lot of game and basically always told me to boss up. So it's been a year since we lost him, the OG, the young OG, you know, so... I just want to take my time out, salute to him, his children, his lady. You know, I know she's still feeling that mom, dad, siblings, you know, just the world. We were affected when he got killed senselessly, you know, so rest in peace to Nip. But 
Man. 981,221 confirmed cases worldwide from this virus. 204,605 have recovered and 50,230 have died. And I mean, it's it's bad. It's not looking good. You know, in Italy, Italy is leading the, the world with the deaths from this virus. Almost 14,000, 13,915. Spain is second, 10,096 deaths. The United States is third with 5,764. For real. I mean, this. I don't really know what to say. I really don't know what to say, man. Um, it's here. It's not going nowhere, and we gotta, we gotta act like we, we gotta stop acting like we know what's going on. We don't. We don't know if this is already in us. We don't know where it's coming from. We have to take the necessary. Precautions. We need to relax. Like. Lord knows. That we have enough stress on us as it is. But to add this. You know when you're walking outside. Or you're walking in the store. And the majority or. A lot of the people in the store have on masks and gloves. It lets you know that things are bad. People are afraid to leave their houses. I mean, this is something that I've never imagined seeing. You've always heard about the end of the world coming. Oh, the end of the world is going to come you know, uh, you won't be able to go to church. You won't be able to do X, Y, and Z. You won't be able to, to, to kill yourself or anything. And this is biblical. You know, I'm not the most religious person in the world, but I'm just being honest. This is scary. In New York alone, 83,948 confirmed cases. 1,941 people have died. 6,142 people have recovered. That ain't even putting a dent. I mean, come on. what You do, what, 6,000 plus 2,000, you get 8,000. So you're going to look at 1,941 dead, 6,142 recovered. That's about 8,000, a little more over 8,000 people, you know, that we know what's happening with them. But what about those other, those other people? That other, what, 75,000? What's going on with them? And that's just New York. That's just New York, heavy populated. They've estimated that 100,000 people 
would die from this. 100,000 weirdo in the United States or globally. Because the way it looked, oh, it's going to be over 100,000 people dying from this. Over 100. We already at the midpoint with 50,000. 50, well, 51,000, almost 52. So we already pushing the envelope. And I mean, that's scary. You have to take the necessary precaution. Wash your hands. Don't be at everybody's house. Don't be 10, 20 people deep. For one, man, they're telling us not to do it. They see you doing it, citation, lock your ass up. You know how these trigger-happy cops are when it comes down to black people. They're looking for an excuse. Even though their job should be less stressful, people are evil. Evil people are everywhere. Evil people wear a badge and they have a gun. And they are legally able to kill your ass, shoot you down like a dog, beat you, mace you. Whatever they want to do, they can do it. So not only do you just want to, you know, do what's right so you'll be able to live and you won't go home and infect your children or your significant other, you know, but you want to just preserve your life on a day-to-day basis, stand out in the way of these trigger-happy-ass cops. So we got to start using more common sense, you know, especially my people, my black folks. Cut all that goddamn fighting out. How the hell we quarantine and y'all still finding a way to get out here and fight? Hell, I heard Gilly the Kid say on Instagram, somebody in Philly got killed. That nigga was dumbfounded. Like, how the fuck is you killing somebody and you supposed to be locked down? Look, man, y'all need to stop tripping. Stop wilding. I didn't take this shit serious at first either. But now I am. I have a mom who was sick. And she's older. She's in her 60s. I have a 13-year-old son. Happy birthday to my son. His birthday was yesterday. We turned up. He got him a bankroll. You know, he felt good. I have family to think of. You know, so... You gotta use common sense, man. Stop tripping stop wilding take this serious don't go nowhere if you don't have to you know go to the grocery store you need to eat you know if you go and order some food go order go pick it up bring your ass back in the house if you're gonna be outside be outside around your house you don't know if you have it already (laughs) this could be in you it could be in me this pandemic is affecting the world. It's affecting me. We um, we were told the census is low. Got to cut your time two hours per week. So instead of 40 hours, I'm getting 38. Instead of 80 hours, I have 76. Four hours of pay period, I'm being shorted. That might not seem like much to you, but it's a change and it's different for me. You get what I'm saying? 
People are losing their jobs. 6.6 million people are filing for unemployment. Come on, man. It's real out here. People aren't going to the hospitals. I work in the medical field. I'm used to on a Monday morning having 100 people that's come to the hospital from uh, Friday, from the time I left Friday up until Monday morning when I clock back in to work. I'm used to that. I'm not saying that it's cut in half. I'm saying 50. Usually on Mondays, I'm working 10, 11 hours. I'm working eight hours. They're like, nah, it ain't no need for y'all to work like that. People aren't leaving the house. They're not going to the hospital. They're like, I don't want to know I have this mess. That's how scared people are. The world as we know it, know it is changing. Every minute is changing. I'm affected by it. My son, y'all, y'all children are affected by it. They ain't even getting graded for the work they're doing. I don't think these kids going back to school this year. This school year. It's no point. No end of grade tests, no end of quarter tests. Everything is flipped upside down. This is a true pandemic. When you looking up and you seeing six degrees of separation. I know a guy that knows a guy that has it. I know a girl who knows a girl that has it. But that's not, that's no wiggle room. Y'all have to stop playing. I had to. I'm being bullheaded. Now you can rectify it. Everything doesn't change, have to change. You know, you can still have your date night with your spouse at home. You know, y'all can uh, make a little uh, a tent, you know, with pillows and candles and order you something to eat or cook at home and watch Netflix, Hulu, all that good stuff. But we have to start adapting to what is probably going to be the new norm. I'm telling you. We have to. That's just the hand we've been dealt right now. We don't know shit. None of us are experts. Hell, the experts can't even get on the same page. We don't trust doctors. We don't trust politicians. We don't trust pharmaceutical companies. Who can we trust? got to trust ourselves and we got to trust God. At this point, that's all we have. Ourselves and God. 204,605 people have recovered worldwide. People are recovering, but how many people are going to perish from this? How many people are going to die? That's the ultimate question. We don't know. And we can't play around with this virus. Wash your hands. Wash your clothes. Wash your ass every day. You don't know what you could have been out. Somebody could have caught, you know, 30 seconds before you walk into a spot. Now that's on you. Go home, man. Wash 
Take a sh- make sure you're showering. Make sure you're disinfecting. Y'all stop hoarding all the cleaning supplies. So let other people get them so they can do what they have to do. And let me tell you this, man. Let me keep it a band. Hot water and uh, soap will definitely kill bacteria and germs. So hot water, man, soap, antibacterial soap. If you don't have, you know, Lysol and bleach spray, use that, man. Go to a Walmart and uh, go to any Walmart and go to what well, a supercenter Walmart's. Go there. Go into the gardening and like lawn care place. They have like bleach spray, Clorox spray for pools. I don't give a damn what it say. Pools, fools, food. I don't give a fuck. Get it and disinfect your house. It'll probably work inside your house as well. You know, if you can't find cleaning supplies. You know, it's uh, health stores around the city that have gloves and masks. If you need them, if you want to be that cautious, do that. But, you know, just take care of yourself. Take this serious. My tone has changed from a couple weeks ago. I, I was joking about it. I was laughing and that was my ignorance. But not streets, but Trav, Travis, but they, when I make a mistake, if I put something out there for y'all, I'm going to come back and apologize. I'm going to call myself ignorant and I, I'm man enough to do that. I was ignorant. This is serious. Don't stop living, but adapt and adjust to what the new norm may be. And we're going to end it on that note. Look, y'all know I love you. I do. I want everybody to bounce back from this. I don't want anybody out there to, to die. To leave this world. I don't want you to get sick. I don't want you to be have to be in ICU. I don't want none of that for you. Please. Take everything that's going on serious. I want y'all to be here in a month. I don't want to do one of these. And I got to tell y'all that somebody I know tragically passed from the coronavirus. I love y'all. It's the weekend. Go on Instagram, go on Facebook, find you a DJ that's going live, listen to some music, roll up, you know, blow it down, take you a cup of drinks, stay home, stay in the house with your lady, stay in the house with your man, your kids, stay in the house by yourself, have fun, you know, be safe. And I will see you guys and talk to you guys on next Thursday for my supporters you may be in for a treat. You know, I will let you guys know on Facebook uh, if I don't hit y'all with an extra episode in, in the up and coming days. It'll be something a little different. No, it's not me uh, being filmed. It'll be audio, but it'll be a little different, man. So look, you know, even in a time like this, if you need some time for yourself, put your phone down, turn it off, you know, log out of social media for the day or for a couple days, get your mind right, you know, walk around the house, go into another room, do whatever they saying. We can still go out and go to the parks, you know, take necessary precaution and just have some me time. Go sit in the car if you have to, listen to some music, but make sure your mental is okay.
because this is very stressful as well. As always, man, I love y'all, and I'll see you next time. I'm out.